When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Back in the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon, hour two here on the Sports Complex. Going to get into some Texas basketball talk, a huge recruit. Huge recruiting news for Texas in basketball. Get into a little NBA, maybe a little NFL. Keep the conversation going on the text line. 512-447-3776. A big fat poll today. Be more confident in the passing game of Texas or the running game going into Iowa State. Which one are you more confident about? Do you feel good about Quinn Ewers? Is he healthy? Are you feeling good that he's going to be able to come back and play in this game? Or are you more confident in this young running back core? C.J. Baxter, he's a highly sought-after recruit. Jane Blue is highly sought-after. Keelan Robinson is coming from Alabama. They are all highly sought-after guys, so they should be able to get the job done, too. Tell us, what do you think on the text line? 512-447-3776. And, of course, anything else you want to talk about, we'll try to get to here on the Sports Complex. We try to read everybody's text. We try to get to whatever you guys want to talk about. As long as it's something that I know I can talk about, we'll keep talking about it. That's what we try and do here. I do want to start off before we get to some more text. Uh, with the news uh, from Texas basketball today, if you did not hear, Trey Johnson, the number five recruit in the 2024 class, the number one shooting guard in that class, has recruit has committed to Texas today. Uh, he sounded very excited about it. This is Trey Johnson on the Pat McAfee show uh, announcing his commitment. It's not super exciting, but here it is. Trey, if you would like to let the world know where you will be taking your incredible talents next year, we would be honored to be in your presence while doing so. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be going to the University of Texas. Hook oh! Hey, way to go, Trey. So there you go. That's Trey Johnson on Pat McAfee show today saying he is going to Texas. Texas staff has all tweeted out uh, welcoming Trey. They've done all this stuff. Trey Johnson is a great recruit to get in there. 6'6 guard. He's going to be able to play a little bit of a swing guard. He is a scorer at another level. And the thing about Trey Johnson that you love, that you want to get on these teams, is that Trey Johnson is a guy that wins game in March for you. He wins games in March for you. That's what Trey Johnson is, that type of player. The type of player that when you get into that tournament and you don't know what you're able to do and you're having different matchups and you're just trying to find a way to get points on the board, Trey Johnson is that guy. So the Longhorns getting Trey Johnson is a huge commitment to help this Texas team and to help Rodney Terry that are now saying uh, some people are ranking Texas. This is the number five recruiting class uh, in the – uh, 2024 recruiting rankings, which I mean, you got to say that's a great job from a coach who was an assistant coach last year, interim head coach, and then coach. Uh, you also have Cam Scott in their six five guard, six nine. Nicholas Cody also power forward is also in that class. Two four stars, high four stars. Uh, there in Cam Scott and Nicholas Cody. That class looks really good for Texas. You throw in the fact that if Chris Johnson stays, the rookie that we got to see uh, last, uh, we got to see him. Uh, in his last game, we'll hopefully get to see him some more tonight. Another rookie guard 
that could be a backcourt that you see next season for Texas is that Chris Johnson, Cam Scott, uh, Trey Johnson lineup. Could You could see them. That's a lineup they could try and push out as a young guard lineup when you have some of these older guys like Tyrese Hunter and Max A. Smith and some of these guys leaving. You may have to go to that. You'll probably go out and try and get some recruits too, get some veterans and bring some other people in, I'm sure. But huge recruiting news for Texas and Rodney Terry to bring in Trey Johnson. It was between Texas and Baylor. And up until today, I kept seeing everywhere that said he was probably going to go Baylor. He was probably going to stay Big 12, go Baylor. He has decided to go with the University of Texas Longhorns. It's a great recruitment for Texas. Texas also going up against Rice today. And as I teased, this was an overtime game last year against Rice, which doesn't seem right. What happened last season? This was the game, the night when Chris Beard was arrested that morning. And the Chris Beard incident and all that happened the morning before the Rice game last year. And that was the game when I remember I arrived at the arena and it was the mood was very somber and people were trying to go through their normal uh, routines, but it was just not a normal day for, for those players. You just felt bad because you knew everyone was coming after them, asking them what they knew. Everybody was asking if they were going to transfer. Everybody was asking if they were staying at Texas and they came out and put up an effort. They tie the game. They, I, Rodney Terry wasn't uh, named the interim uh, coach in that situation. He was not the interim head coach. You didn't know if Chris Beard was going to show up or the named interim head coach until roughly an hour before the game. I was already at the arena when they announced it. I was already there. So it should tell you how early before the game, how soon before the game they announced that. Rodney Terry, it goes to overtime. Uh, you may remember uh, Travis Evie, Max Fiedler. These were both, they're both still on the team that you'll be playing tonight. Those guys had big games. Uh, Makai Mason was also on that team. He had a 20-point game uh, in Rice's last game against Harvard. That'll be a part of the contest they're going up against. But I think Texas, any of those players that were here last year, really may still be trying to uh, avenge some of those spirits if they were in a pretty down spot and now to be able to come back, you also have Ethel Horton who's going to be trying to light up the scoreboard. Uh, Caden Shindrick, who is playing pretty limited minutes right now. Shedrick is, but I believe he is going to continue to uh, hopefully grow on those minutes as we get closer to conference play because he has been playing lights out basketball. Love to see what Max A. Smith is going to do against these guys as well. Uh, Texas is a 20 out of a half point favorite. I do not expect this to be another overtime game, but I think for those Texas players who remember that day, the ones who were here last year, there's a little probably bad taste that Rice tried to come in here and upset the apple court uh, when Texas was dealing everything. No, no fault on them. Like, they should have been doing that. They, they, that's what Rice is coming to do. Uh, but that's what we'll be seeing today. So big name. And that's what the difference. The difference in a year makes, and that was the December game as well, but the difference a year makes is that was when Texas was in a kind of a who knew where Texas is going to go. And today you're in the news of Texas, the attitude at Texas, and the mood at Texas has got to be buzzing with that Trey Johnson commitment. Number five player in college basketball. Uh, he's one of the reasons he's coming. Favorite player, Kevin Durant. Can't wait to score. A comp I've seen a couple times, Bradley Beal. I know a man Zay put that out on Twitter. Uh, Bradley Beal is a comp of a guy who can score from anywhere. Uh, Texas got to be loving that that they got this commitment. It's a different vibe as they play Rice tonight. Uh, hopefully that will be going well. All right, before we get to some NFL, let's go back to the text line 512-447-3776 from man Chan. Uh, appreciate you always listening, Chan. Uh, traffic on Parmer is bad. I Look. We do traffic. I think you guys know traffic's going to be bad. If Chan's saying it, there's probably worse. 
but we know traffic's going to be, but you don't need me to, but yes, I appreciate you listening, Chan. Uh, Carrie from Georgetown, the word is yours is staying. Will Murphy now leave with Manning leading the exit? Uh, Tennessee, Alabama, and USC all have their open door. Remember, Manning never signed any local NIL hooks. Just with Panini Sports memorabilia, your thoughts on going into the SEC. Carrie from Georgetown, don't click on the clipgate. Uh, I don't think he's too worried about it. I'm Malik Murphy will most likely transfer. He most likely was anyway. I'm not sure Arch Manning is necessarily super worried about it. Again, this is what you have to remember for players and for, for guys who are potentially going to the NFL. And it's different for if you are somebody who doesn't feel you have an open door to the NFL like Arch Manning does. Arch Manning is has an open door to the NFL. The NFL wants Arch Manning in it, right? So he can sit for two years, play two years of college football, and go into play pro football still, still leave when he has his – he can sit for a year and still play and get in and play and be out by his junior season, be happy going to play in the NFL – he get his degree, all have all the fun stuff. I don't think I'm not as worried about this as other people. The word is yours is staying. Also, that could change. If yours blows it up in the next three games, his arm heals, and he has 400 yards in the next three games, he's probably leaving. I know the rumor is that he's going to stay because he got hurt and they want to show that he can be healthy. They want to show he can make it a full year. All that could change. I'm not too worried about a carry from Georgetown. I know a lot of teams are going to want Arch Manning. They always are. The phone calls are going to be there. The fact that he didn't sign an NIL deal tells me more likely that he would stay than leave because the number one reason a lot of these guys are trying to leave is because, well, if I can't be the starter, I can't get the NIL deals. He's not as worried about that, or at least his family's not. So, you know, and we don't know. He's a 19-year-old kid. You never know, you know what he's going to do, but I do not. that does not carry for Georgetown. That does not bother me a ton. Uh, let's go over to uh, WPI parts guy. Jay Witt and Sanders will ball this weekend. Jay Witt is my face of Texas culture in fight. Maybe X-Man on sweeps as part of the running game. Yeah, I think they're going to try and use uh, as much wide receivers in the running game as well. Uh, a ton of screens. I imagine a ton of screens in this game as well uh, to the point that we'll be nauseated by it. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, and Jay Witt again, throw the ball to Jay Witt. We all want it. We'll, we'll all cheer. Uh, Texter says, I have more trust in the passing game this week. I think that's kind of where most people are laying and sure do enjoy your show. I do appreciate that. Dexter, if you ever want to send in your name, we will, uh, you know, we'll give you a nickname here on the show as well. Is it time for Texas to consider a new DC from Rod's analysis? It seems the level of play calling on the field has not matched the level of the players the last couple of years and has plateaued. Uh, no. And a couple of reasons. One, the recruits are still coming in. As long as the recruits are coming in, you probably don't want to upset the apple cart. I know it said that twice now. But you don't want to change the norm. If if that's what players are coming in for, that's what you want to go into. And we know that revolving doors of defensive coordinators for Texas, that you get a good year, and then you get like two bad years, and then you got fired, and then you get a bad year, and you get a guy, and you get a good year, and a bad year. PK is not doing terrible. I think it's more of what your game planning is going into the week that he is continually pulling his foot off the gas. And that's a head coaching decision, not a PK decision. That's a if Sark wanted him to blitz more, he can walk over and tell him to blitz more. I don't think that's on PK that he's not blitzing. It may be. Maybe I'm crazy. Sark has no control in the defense, but as a head coach, he should. So I'm gonna still put that on Sark that he should. I am not on the get a new defensive coordinator. I think Texas has shown their defensive line has been stellar. Their their run game defense has been really good this season. I think they have a lot of positives. Uh you're more worried about a new DC if someone else tries to pay PK a lot of money to go away. 
Dexter says the running game because if I was Iowa State, I would try and lock down the pass game pressure yours and make sure the running game beat me. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm not sure they're going to bring as much pressure. I mean, they should bring some pressure, but I, I think they're going to more try and get the turnovers. They're going to try and get into Quinn Ewers' head. They're going to try and get turnovers is what I see happening in this game. Texas used to be DBU. Now it's DB none. That, and that's the thing. Texas has DB talent. We know what Jade Barron can do, and he's just not in all the time. Uh, and then you're getting some younger guys. Manny Mohamed is going to continue to grow. You're going to have continued recruits coming in. Uh, the, the DB room will get better, uh, but you're going to have to continue to improve it. And you're just going to have to improve your play calling. And this week is going to be a big one if it's play calling or players, if you allow them to keep just going over the middle. Brandon R says, do you think Sark ever gives up play calling duties? That's an easy one. No. No, I do not think he does. I, you know, if he, you know, if we're not talking about Texas, at Texas, I will say no. If you say in 30 years he's still a head coach and he's coaching in the NFL or somewhere like that, yeah, he might. Uh, but I do not see him anytime at Texas giving up play calling duties. He enjoys it. That's what brought him to the game. That's what he wants to do. I know a lot of us would like it if he had other people and more input in it to get a little bit more creativity. I think if he had some other people, he's brought in. Some other guys, uh, Paul Chris from Wisconsin, whose name I could not come up with yesterday, but Paul Chris from Wisconsin is a guy he brought in to help him with the run game. But at points, you just got to keep bringing in different names. Young names are harder to bring in as analysts because those guys usually want to continue their coaching career. So it's harder to get those young, interesting guys. I think you need to keep doing it uh, in the, the graduate assistant program and keep listening to people, and hopefully Circle will keep evolving. I think he has evolved as a coach year to year. I think we've seen progress and evolution. It's just not as fast as a lot of us would like to see. Uh, Victor, voice of Nelson Field, I hope the Aggies aren't sp- smart enough to hire a coach trailer out of UTSA. Hell of a coach. Yeah, look, a lot of us don't want him to hire that. I also, I kind look, I don't, I think it'd be a better matchup. I think it's a better hire. Look, it'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun if they just hired whatever big name coach and they just tried to make a big name of it. But I, I don't see. I, I, I get well, I get what you're saying. I, I like you, Victor. Thank you for listening, Victor. Uh, let's go over. Uh, also, WP Parts Guys also says our D is going to play lights out. I appreciate that. My man, Chief Engineer, I know you text, so I missed you earlier in the game. Uh, you do have a lot of good text here, Chief Engineer. Uh, like Oprah, everyone gets the ball. You get a series. You get a series. Everyone gets a series. Talent will show itself. Rotate, rotate, tote, rotate. And we recruit all these guys and don't play them. RB need touches going forward. I appreciate that. Uh, you also asked about the Falcons and not giving Bijan the ball. It is it's mind boggling. I, I I could not tell you a reason why Arthur Smith was giving him some carries early on. It seemed like he was going to try and ramp him up and then didn't. I don't get that. Uh would love to say running game. We got the line. Just simply uh simple play calling is killing us. Heck, utilize some of our awesome speed at wide receivers, some reverses, multiple toss plays. As you say, that's the sorely missing pre-snap motion for XX. Yes. I'd love to see pre-snap motion. And I think this is also a great game to do some play action in because you know you're going to be in there. I think it's a great game if you wanted to try and do something with a wide receiver, if you wanted to try and do a wide receiver uh, boot pass, something like that could work in this game, a little trickeration that Sarkle was loving to do early in the season and kind of got away from. Uh, The only way to open up the inside run is to get outside enough runs first or else they just stack the box. I appreciate all of that. Uh, good stuff there from Chief Engineer, one of our best listeners, or one of our our premier listeners. Uh, and uh, 
You want to hire Aaron Glenn for the DV room, although you would like him as a new Raiders coach. I think you got a coach already, man. You know, they'll fire these coaches who are doing good as interim coaches. I get it. You hire people around them. But if you've got a player-led coach that's getting these guys playing, at least give them another year, you know, pay off some of these other lines that you got to do. D-line is going to get in the end zone from Coach Vaughn. Appreciate that one. Jan says, since uh, Iowa State plays a third down and uh, three down, three high, we should start off with the run with Baxter, Red, Blue, and Keelan. I appreciate that too, Chan. I'm going to say try and uh, – I'd say run the ball at least – to try and, and you're going to throw some too, but I think I'd try and go not over the top and immediately try and pressure them passing the ball early. But that's just me right now. And it may change by game time and change what you see, how the weather's going to be in Ames is all a question. It's a night game, how cold it is, how those guys are feeling in pregame warmups. But I, I'm kind of leaning on a run game. I'm kind of leaning that way. Still Wednesday, though. Plenty of time. Let's take a break. When we come back, make it some NFL. I got a great interview with Mike Craven for me and uh, Rod B this morning. We'll try and get to that as well here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing interesting covers all week long. we got another day of that before we get to a 5-1-2 Friday. This, Queens of the Stone Age doing uh, some Billy Idol wait, wedding. It's a little groovy tune for a, for a Billy Idol tune, just a different take. They wouldn't have guessed this was Queens of the Stone Age either, but that's what you are. Queens of the Stone Age there, uh, keeping the interesting covers for you all week long. Uh, text lines open as well, 512-447-3776. We'll push uh, some NFL talk. We didn't have too much to talk about. Deshaun Watson was injured. We may go into the schedule game tomorrow then uh, talking about. All I was going to get into is that Texans may have now made the right choice of which pick to give up to Arizona to get Will Anderson. Because with the Deshaun Watson news, that is an injury that's not related to his previous injury. There's broken bones in his shoulder. He has to get him covered. Apparently, he was asking to get shot up with painkillers to play the game. So it's not the toughness ability. It's they said, shut him down. We're paying him. We're guaranteeing him a bunch of money. Shut him down. 
this Cleveland team, see how they finish out the rest of the season, see how the Texans finish out the rest of the season. They're, they're one game apart right now in record. That The Texans could finish out stronger than the Browns did, and then that pick, they gave up the correct pick if they did that, which would be crazy. It would be it, that would blow, and Arizona would be, have to be insanely upset. I, I keep seeing more and more people getting uh, upset about about uh, the, their their new coach that they're not happy about who he's playing and who he cut and the the lies he's told, and apparently he's a lie. I don't know. I have not gotten too far into the Cardinals world, but. That is uh, that is something that was just an interesting take. It's an interesting thought that the Texans could end up passing the Browns this season and gave up the correct first-round pick because they had the Texans' first-round pick and the Cleveland first-round pick. Most people were projecting the Texans to be not very good this season. One of the worst teams. They're clearly not that, but it that depends. And it depends if they stay healthy, if C.J. Stroud can continue to play at the level. They don't have the toughest schedule. The Browns goes a little bit better. We'll get into, I'll tell you what, we'll get into that more tomorrow. So I want to play this interview from Mike Craven uh, from Texas Sports, uh, from Dave Campbell's Texas Sports, uh, that he talked to Ian Robbie from Hook Him Up this morning. It's a really good interview talking about Texas versus Iowa State, talking about some other college football news, and of course, Jimbo Fisher and that talk as well, which is just interesting talk. So let's play you some of that from uh, Hook Him Up with Ian Robbie. It's Mike Craven. Great interview this morning. Uh, all right, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline. Uh, great, great uh, conversation always. He's my co-host on the Eyes on Texas biweekly multicast that we do. New episode is out recapping the TCU game where Mike Craven was uh, live in person to see the Texas Longhorns play the TCU Horn Frogs. He is also the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Craven, how are you, bud? Doing pretty good, guys. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, all right, real quick before we get to the trash talk in Iowa State and the coaching carousel, uh, what were your takeaways from uh, you know seeing Texas in person on th- on Saturday night at uh, Fort Worth, twenty nine twenty six victory? Yeah, kind of a tale of two halves for t- for two straight weeks. I mean, just completely dominant in the in the first half. You know, up by twenty points, uh, doing everything that they wanted to do. The defensive line is just so nasty. They were dominating. Uh, TCU, and then it looked like in the second half, you know, Texas just kind of took their foot off the gas, right? I mean, the the defense played a little bit simpler, and I think that allowed the redshirt freshman quarterback Josh Hoover to have easier reads to to make it look a little bit more like practice. He didn't have as much pressure, and then obviously, you know, Savion Williams started making plays. He's a really good football player. Uh, but one of the things I think we've noticed of this Texas team over the first ten games is is the offense kind of goes to sleep a little bit. I mean, there's there's been spots in multiple games now. You know, where they've gone a quarter or a whole half, you know, really struggling. They only scored three points there um, against TCU. So we'll see what the adjustments are moving forward, but they're going to have to figure that out. As Sark said after the game, they're going to need four quarters at some point this year uh, to close this thing out and win a Big 12. Yeah, it's interesting. What are your thoughts, Mike, about the injury to Jonathan Brooks? I mean, uh, seeing this team, that's probably been the MVP offensively for Texas. And uh, now without Jonathan Brooks going on the road to Ames, facing one of the better defenses in the Big 12, um, and you got an injured quarterback, what are your thoughts about how the offense is going to look without Jay Brooks? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I think against Iowa State, it was always going to be hard to run the football, even if, if Brooks was there. I mean, obviously him being there, you know, gives them a, a better shot at that. This this feels like one of those games where Quinn Ewers is going to have to throw the ball and, and he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And that doesn't have to always be downfield. It doesn't have to be, you know, hugely difficult throws every single time. You know, it may just be short passing game stuff to become the extension of the running play. Maybe they go jet sweeps. Maybe they get – 
a little bit more creative with how they, they come up uh, with, with an extension of the run game. So they're going to have to figure that stuff out and, and go east-west on, on Iowa State um, and get them moving uh, and then beat them over the top. Yeah, you would think. And, yeah, I mean, and as Rod has said, doing the scouting of Iowa State, they have a very good secondary. I mean, they really do. they got some good players back there. They're sound. So this will be a real challenge, and they do need somebody, whether it's C.J. Baxter, um, you know, Savion Red, obviously, um, Jaden Blue. Someone's got to step in and step up because uh, Jonathan has been so darn good, and you hate to see it. Uh, what a leader, what a player he's been for Texas this year. But someone's got to step up, and they do have to run the ball a little bit here, uh, maybe even a lot of it, to get a win at, at Ames. Hey, uh, Mike, the, the trash talk we were talking about, I'm sure you've seen it, this offensive lineman. Rod came in wow. as a former player befuddled. Like, really? Did they're, talk, they're trash talking before the game? Like, when has this ever happened? You said to me on the multicast on Monday night that came, that came out yesterday, you don't get this Iowa State program, but here they are trash talking Texas ahead of the final ever meeting. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand where the confidence that Iowa State comes from. I mean, I, I know they're in the Big Twelve mix. I, I know everybody loves Matt Campbell and thinks he's like going to get every single head coaching job that that comes open. But you look at that schedule. You look at who they won. I, it looks a lot like Kansas State to me, where you're like, where is where? What's the big win? You know, like where? What is the good team that they've beaten? Um, Texas has better athletes here. I mean, but I also. I love WWE. I, I love wrestling. I like rap music. Like I, I want more trash talk in college football. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with coming out and saying it and getting some eyeballs there. It's going to make that match up with him and Tavondre. So people are going to watch it. People are going to talk about it. Like I think that's all good stuff there. Like if Texas goes and wins thirty by thirty points against Iowa State, it's not because the guard was talking trash, right? And so uh, I, I think it's fine. It'll be a talking point on social media more so than it's probably a talking point behind the scenes and once the first drive happens football starts and everything goes back to normal and it's fine yeah no i'm with you i just it's it's just a rare thing to hear iowa state players talking trash to texas but we'll see if there's a reason for the uh, the confidence for iowa state um let let me ask you uh real quick uh, since we're talking texas and we're going to move on to talk about the coaching carousel in a second uh what have been your thoughts about um the late game collapses by Texas on the defensive side. What have you seen um, that you think is going to be problematic for Texas? And do you think it's a personnel issue for Texas? Are we talking about a coaching schematic issue for Texas? I guess to me it feels like when they get these big leads, they get a little bit simpler on defense and they almost kind of go into almost a two-minute type. Don't let anything behind you. Don't blitz as much. Don't put on as much pressure. Don't, don't man up the receivers as much. And that just doesn't feel to be the – uh, character of this Texas defense. Like, they do their best work when they're allowed to go hunt. Like, when they're allowed to go downfield, be aggressive, play man up on the outside, like, just just be guys, right? And then in the two-minute offenses we've seen this year, they've struggled when they've been asked to be a little bit more bend but don't break. And so I think one of the adjustments for Kwiatkowski, and I think it's true on the offensive side of the ball as well, is just stay aggressive. Like, live up to that motto of all gas, no breaks. Like, do that for four quarters because these teams can't stay on the field with Texas. Like, we've seen that. When Texas is rolling, there's not teams in the Big 12 that can really stand with what Texas is doing. Kansas State couldn't. TCU couldn't. I don't think Iowa State can either. It's up to Texas to allow these teams in the game, either by letting off the gas schematically or doing some turnovers or making some special teams play. And so maybe, you know, after a couple weeks of hearing that and seeing that on film, maybe this team is, is ready to go out and get that. But I remember that Bobby Bowden quote. I don't know if y'all remember Bobby Bowden talking about this, like the four-year cycle of coaching yeah. where you lose big the first the first season, you, you lose close to second season, you start winning close to third season, and then you win 
you know, big the fourth season. They're in that third season. They're winning close games. So they're just still figuring out how to win. Stark, you know, if they win on Saturday, this will be Stark's first 10-win season as a head coach. He's never played in a conference championship game. He's never won this many games. This is still new to a lot of players on the team and to the head coach. I think they're trying to figure out how to do it on the fly. The fact that they're winning these games, I do think, is a positive sign. Agreed. Uh, we talked about that Bobby Biden quote, and, and but you do have to put your foot on the gas, I believe, or it's going to come back to get you, and we'll talk about that. Mike Craven is a senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He's been covering football in the state for his whole career. And so you woke up to the news of Jimbo Fisher, as we all did. You, you had to go cover that story and write, write for Dave Campbell's. Uh, but it's the first domino of many, and I know you and I have talked about it on the multicast and uh, want your thoughts for our audience. I mean, there's a lot that could change with the coaches in the state of Texas uh, as the dominoes fall. They, uh, Jimbo Fisher and A&M, likely just the first of many throughout the great state here over the next uh, you know, three, four weeks into, the, into uh, December. Yeah, it makes me tired thinking about what this next, what this next month or six weeks is, is going to be in the state. I, you know, A&M obviously was the first domino. I think four or five jobs could open in terms of firings. You know, I think UTEP, Dana Dimmel is on the hot seat. I think many people believe that when that season is over, He's gone. Uh, Rice, if they don't get to 6-6, six and six, Mike Bloomgren's on his last year of his contract. They have a new athletic director, a new president. Uh, so the writing's on the wall there. Uh, and then, you know, you look at Houston. You know, Dana Holgerson's kind of been on the hot seat more or less this year. You know, they, the, the, that big loss there to Cincinnati over the weekend kind of makes that one interesting. Uh, what's going to happen at Baylor with Dave Aranda? I, I, they don't want to buy him out. They don't want to fire him. But if they go three and nine, I don't know if the fan base is going to give them a lot of choice. And so there could be four or five openings from firings. And then you start looking at guys who are going to get poached. You know, I think Jeff Trailer is probably going to have a new job next year. I, I think this is probably going to be the last year he's at UTSA. You know, Frank Harris is going to, you know, ride off into the sunset after this season. And so it behooves Trailer to try to get a new job now before. You know, he's got a coach at UTSA without his star quarterback. G.J. Uh, Kenny at Texas State is a rising star in this industry. And, you know, I know he's only been there for one year, but if you look at G.J.'s uh, resume, he's left a lot of places in a row after one year. I think six or seven spots, just one-year spots over the last six or seven years. And so, and then Rhett Lashley at SMU with a couple of SEC jobs opening up. He played quarterback at Arkansas. He's a high school legend out there. You know, that one's probably going to open what happens there. So it could be a, a crazy year uh, of some openings and then guys getting hired for different jobs. You know, there's usually only two or three openings a year in the state. I think there's going to be six, seven, maybe even eight. Yeah, Mike, uh, let me ask you about the Aggie job because that's the big one, right? That's kind of started up this coaching carousel. Who, who, who's your top three that you think are um, the best fits for that Aggie job or that's being considered for that Aggie job? Yeah, if it's me, I'm calling Dan Lanning and making him say no. You know, he's got SEC ties. He's been on the, the staff at Georgia. He's been on the staff at Alabama. He's winning at Oregon. He's young. He's a defensive-minded coach. I think A&M wants to get back to being the defensive-minded, blue-collar, wrecking crew-type team, especially with Texas uh, coming into the conference. They like being kind of that, that anti-hero, you know, to, to kind of Texas's flashiness. So I, I think that would be a perfect fit for him, but I don't know if they can get him away from Oregon. My other two would be Mike Elko, obviously, um, because of his time there as a defensive coordinator. He could keep a lot of that roster and that staff together because of his familiarity with it. And my other one would be Jeff Trailer, like I talked about at UTSA. You know, their athletic director, Ross Bjork, on Sunday talked about wanting to find their next R.C. Slocum, a guy that could be there for a long time, that understood the culture. 
well, find me a more East Texas man than Jeff Trailer, right? I mean, he won three state championships at Gilmer. He's 30-8 and eight his last three seasons at UTSA. He's 25-3 in conference, 24-3 and three at home in his career. Um, so all he does is win, and I know he hasn't done it at the Power 5 level, but when he was at Texas, he won Big 12 Recruiter of the Year, right? Like, the dude knows how to recruit. Kids love to play for him. He's had one of the best rosters in G5 the last few years, and they don't get poached. You don't see a lot of those guys going elsewhere. And so I don't know if A&M will do it because I, I think they may want a bigger hire or a P5 name like an Elko or a Lanning. But I think if they hired Jeff Trailer, he'd be a problem for the SEC, and he'd be a guy that was there for a long time. Well, remember, uh, R.C. Slocum, great, uh, great, great point there. He came in after Jackie Sherrill, right? And Jackie mm-hmm. Sherrill and all the problems and, um, you, know, the, the, you know, Jimbo Fisher, controversial, a lot of, lot of issues, not kind of a toxic environment in that locker room right now with him. And, you know, Mike Elko would, would certainly soothe some of that. But you, uh, for folks who don't know, in addition to being the senior writer of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mike, also uh, attended UTSA. So you follow that program maybe closer than most. What is it about Jeff Trailer that makes him such a good coach? I mean, in addition to everything you just said, what is it that, that makes him a fit there? And, and just what, what's he so good at? Yeah, I think he's really good with people. He's a relationships guy. He reminds me a lot of Matt Brown in that you meet him one time, he remembers your name, he remembers your life story. You can run into him again six months later, he'll ask you how your mom's doing and remember a little bit of Nugget that you mentioned. Like, he is just he's just dialed in. He's tuned in. He's just a ball coach, right? Like, I think we've been around enough coaches to know some of these guys are just built to be head coaches. Some of them are built to be position coaches or coordinators. And he is a CEO. He is a runner of a program. Uh, but he's also a really good X's and O's guy. And I think he just understands what makes a football program tick. And, and that's not the scheme. It's not the size of the players or the speed. It, it's, it's the actual people and how they feel and, and if they want to go to work. I think TCU really solidified this to me last year. It was basically the same team that had been 500 under, under Gary Patterson. Sonny Dykes comes in there, and I don't think he did anything with the scheme. He just made the vibes better. He made everybody feel okay being in the locker room like they he was just a different cat than what they had been dealing with and they started having fun they started playing free they started playing with confidence and they go 12 and 0 they end up in the college football playoff i I think a&m's in a similar situation where they have all the talent in the world like the talent's not an issue at a&m they have all the resources they have the recruiting they have 105,000 people at every single game they just need a guy that can go in there and make everybody feel good about being an aggie and they just haven't had that in a while their next hire needs to be that dude that can kind of like be a representative of the community, of the school, of the program, free everybody up, let them go have fun, let them go play football. I think Elko, Trailer, Lanning would be, would be guys that could do that. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, real quick before we let you go, what are your thoughts about the report that Quinn Ewers says a, a high, high, high likelihood of him returning to Texas for next season? Yeah, I think that's a really smart, mature decision by him. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, right? You know, like I think if he plays really good down the stretch, Texas accomplishes all their goals, maybe he gets the first-round grade and he's gone. But to me, this would be a championship of NIL, right? Like before NIL, this wouldn't even be possible. Uh, With NIL, you know, it allows somebody like Quinn Ewers to be more realistic about his body of work and go, hey, I don't have to decide between making some money or coming back to college and developing myself, I can make some money, come back to college, develop a little bit more, prove I can stay healthy, and then go be maybe the first quarterback taken in the 2025 or whatever that will be. I'm losing track of years now. 2025 NFL draft if he came back where it's not as loaded as this year. He's not going to get picked before Drake May. He's not going to get picked before Caleb Williams. At best, he's the third uh, quarterback in, in this upcoming draft. And so 
And I think it would be a, a, a good thing. It, it would show that NIL is working in, in a correct way, and I think it would be good for Quinn as well. And you've covered Quinn since he was a recruit coming out of South Lake Carroll way back. Mike Craven, by the way, if you want to check out that uh, Eyes on Texas multicast, our edition that dropped just yesterday, uh, just find it where you find podcasts, iTunes and Spotify, also on the YouTube channel of The Horn and on the YouTube channel of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, part of that Republic of Football uh, network there on Dave Campbell's Texas Football, doing great work covering high school football, of course, with the playoffs cranking up. Now the coaching carousel, colleges all over the great state. No one does it better than them, and no one does it better than Mike. Mike, thanks so much, my friend. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Mike. Mike Craven. Good stuff there with Mike Craven on Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. Uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Forgot to mention women's basketball. We'll mention that too. When we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. Shout out to Chief Engineer. I have heard of Stacey Dixie. They may be played tomorrow. I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm going to play them or not, but I have heard of them. I've heard some of their music. Uh, very talented guys. Hey, Seed Dixie. If you want to hear a bluegrass version of rock and roll, that's what they do. I uh, appreciate the texture who sent me the time of that play. I'll try and go back tonight and uh, see if I see what you're talking about of the penalty. To all of our texters, we appreciate you so much. Uh, and then we did not mention earlier, I need to say it before we get out because it's disrespectful otherwise because they're killing it right now. UT women won last night against UT Arlington, 110 to 64. Rory Harmon killed it. Taylor Jones killed it. They were just really good players on this Texas women's team. Can't wait to see them get some real action. Coming up, Texas men's basketball tonight at 8. Texas versus Rice. I expect a good win for Texas tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about it. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you back here at 5 o'clock tomorrow on the Sports Complex.